Welcome to We Are All Fine, the podcast where we are all fine, but not really. I'm V and this is Pam. Hello, hello. Uh, Today we'll be talking about body image. Yeah, body image. That's a tough one. (laughs) I mean, it's not really tough to talk about. It's like, I feel like body image is probably the biggest issue in society these days. Um, Unless you're a narcissist. Right. And even though, even as a narcissist, like you probably still have some pretty intense ideals about your body. Maybe not issues, but. Right. Or just like. Overconfident. Yeah. Or just like certain ways. I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Or just like certain ways that you want to look or like appear to others or, you know. That could even be perfectionism. Yeah. It all. It all comes together. Yeah. But body image. You're right. (laughs) But we'll be talking about issues with body image. We're going to be talking about mostly our issues with body image. Right. Yeah. So. So I'll just kick it off. When was the first time? Okay. Well, actually, I'll preface this by saying that you and I were both chunky kids. See, yes. Okay. So yes, to a, to a point. I it, I have a, I see it. So I look we at We both felt like we were chunky We both kids. were constantly told that we were chunky yes. kids oh. is the biggest thing. Okay. So when was the first time somebody called you chunky or fat? Oh, I hate that word. Yeah. I hate the word fat too. Um, it's so the band f- in my house. That's good. Yeah. That's good. But anyway, go. Yeah. So I guess the first time I ever remember, I never had like a moment that I can recall. I was always like told that I was big boned. Oh my God. That's the worst. I know. I hate that because I, that's not, I mean, maybe that's true. I don't know. But mostly I'm pretty sure everyone's skeleton is the same, but I don't know. But I was always told that I was big boned. I was a very tall person or a tall child. You still are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm almost six feet tall. But when I was in like fourth grade, I was like five, six. And that is a very tall fourth grader. Yes. Um, I was the tallest person in my class other than this one other boy who also happened to be the resident dinosaur expert who I also was the resident dinosaur expert. I wanted to be a paleontologist until I realized that all the dinosaurs were dead. Yes. Yep. That happened. Um, and I hated him. (laughs) Um, I always had to fight. Like whenever the teacher would have like ask for a dinosaur fact, I would be like, Ooh, me first. And my hand would shoot in the air like Hermione Granger. But I think the first instance I truly remember of being made to notice that I was larger than other kids was probably when my boobs came in, which was like, I think third grade. Which, how old are you in third grade? So you are... My daughter's six and a half, and she's graduated from kindergarten. So seven, eight, almost nine? Yeah, probably. Uh, le- less than 10. No, older I than... bet you're seven. Cause she... Oh, because I have a summer birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, so you were seven years old when your breasts started coming in? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mom didn't let me wear a bra. Or like, I guess I didn't realize I needed a bra until my PE coach like pulled me aside and was like, you need to get yourself an over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Oh, God. And like an actual adult person said that to like a nine-year-old. That would never stand today. And then the only reason that mom ended up getting me a bra is because I had to ask her 
what that meant. Like, what is an over-the-shoulder boulder holder? I didn't understand. And I guess mom, sensing my humiliation, was like, okay, I'll get you a bra. I know that I always had trouble wearing like children's clothing. Mm-hmm. And you, I remember this. You yeah. had to shop in the women's section. Yeah, you can't see me, dear listeners, but I'm using air quotes for children's clothing just because, I mean. This was back when they had a husky section. And like the junior section. Yeah, and they still have the junior I'm, section. Yeah, yeah, and I never fit. But never husky. I haven't seen husky. I, I don't think I have either. I think either. they have. So for like little girls, I've noticed that they've got like size 6X. Where you're still the same height as mm-hmm. somebody that is a regular 6X or whatever, but maybe just a little bit larger mm-hmm. circumference wise. And that's great. Yeah. I, I love seeing that because like not everybody is shaped the same. Not everybody is. Yeah. It's just, I hate this whole mentality of like, oh, one cut. You're a certain age. You must fit in this certain size. Yeah. Or this is the style. Everybody wants their shirts to be like halfway up their tummies, you know, like, know. and the I, tops. but I, I always, I could never fit in what would be deemed like normal for my age range in regard to clothing. I would have to shop in the women's section, which was really humiliating because if anyone went to JCPenney in the women's section in the nineties, it was like all horrible old lady floral patterns and shoulder pads mm-hmm. and a nine-year-old kid in the nineties. Like all I wanted to to wear were my light up sketchers and overalls and just a t-shirt like yeah that's, and I mean I was a tomboy though so that is basically what I ended up wearing I think one big thing was too like I couldn't fit in your hand-me-downs because you were smaller than I was which made me also feel like ginormous right <laughs> Um, it was just a combination of a lot of things, but mostly being told on a semi-regular basis by multiple family members that I was chunky Mm -hmm. was like, I remember pictures Mm -hmm. and our grandmother like pointing, I don't remember if it was you or me. One of us had a double chin in the picture and she like point had it to point it out. Yeah. And I, to this day, I'm still... Well, because they always compared us to our cousins, their other grandchildren who were, you know, twigs when they were kids. Mm-hmm. But you also have to look at their parents. Their mother is four feet tall and their dad is a giant. And like, it, it, they're just, they're different. And they were both very small children. And mm-hmm. I mean... I, I know think, I idolized our older cousin. Like I wanted to be her. I loved yeah. her outfits. I loved her body. And me with uh, the younger cousin who was my same age, like I constantly wondered why... I didn't look more like her. Right. And they were kind of like the golden children. Yeah, they were in tennis and basketball and cheerleading. Yeah, there was a lot of jealousy on my part because I wanted to be like them. You know, I saw how they were treated and they were gorgeous blondes Mm -hmm. and blue and green eyes. And, you know, here I am, this short, chunky, brown-haired girl that got too tan when we went to the lake and they were like, oh, they're not going to let you over the border because we would go into Mexico for some reason. Well, the lake we went to was really close to the border. Yeah, but then I think we would go eat dinner there. Yeah, in Mexico and then come back and they would all tell me that they were gonna not let me cross the border because I looked Hispanic we were always different I think the worst though was in sixth grade middle school changed everything it was traumatizing honestly because like you are transitioning from being a child I mean you're still a child because you know it's eighth grade or not eighth grade sixth grade like you're 10 years old 11 years old I think I was 10 when I started eighth grade or sixth grade god I can't get that right (laughs) sixth grade because I because you're younger I was younger yeah because I graduated high school at 17 not because I was extra smart but just because I was I had a summer birthday so yeah I think the the biggest time in my life where I 
really started to think how different uh, or my body was or thinking that I was overweight or not pretty enough or, you know, just like not enough really mm-hmm. was absolutely sixth grade. So I was like 10 or 11. I think I was, I think it would be 11 because I think I was 10 my fifth grade year. And then I think I would be 11 in sixth grade. So that particular year, I remember my best friend joined the cheerleaders and then kind of stopped being my friend. And like, I remember, you know, trying to still eat lunch with her and her friends just being horrible to me because I, you know, wore like an Esmeralda overalls and a Pooh Bear shirt and you know, my backpack was a rolling suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> this was back when rolling, uh, rolling backpacks were like the all shit. the rage. Yeah, and uh, so just some background. I really, really wanted a rolling backpack. They and were so expensive. They were so expensive, and we were poor. And I realize now that my mom was doing the best that she could with the money that she had. And bless her heart, I wish oh. that she had just refused because the trauma was not worth it. But it was horrible. So I had a rolling backpack, or not a roll backpack a I had suitcase. a rolling suitcase a carry-on a carry-on <laughs> suitcase that I drug behind oh me God. to every class and I had my entire locker in it because every time I went to my locker there was this one dude always hanging out there and my locker was on the bottom and he would never move or I would try to get to it and he would end up like hitting me in the head with his backpack or like the locker door he was just horrible I remember his name was Ruben Reuben. Yeah. Tasty sandwich. Horrible kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people would like see me walking down the hall and be like, oh, don't miss your flight. Or did you remember oh, no. to pack underwear? Or, and like... then you had to like completely unzip it and lay it on its side right? and or on its back. I mean, so the worst thing that happened with that was I had it in class one day and the teacher tripped over it <laughs> walking down the aisle between our desks. And she was like, OK, everybody has to put their backpacks in the hallway. <laughs> she didn't want to single me out. And so we all put our backpacks in the hall hallway and then at the end of class it was the last class of the day I go outside in the hallway and my backpack my suitcase is gone <laughs> it's missing and so I'm freaking out because I like think my mom's gonna be mad at me and I'm looking everywhere for it I'm running late to catch the bus and I end up finding or like someone came out of the boys bathroom or no 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 I found a piece of my homework on the floor outside the boys bathroom and ended up going in and they had like completely just upturned my backpack and dumped it out or my suitcase all over the boys' bathroom. And so I had to... This is terrible. It was pretty traumatic. But yeah, I mean, in short... But didn't I come save the day? Well, that was a completely different incident. That was some girl who kept making fun of me. And I told mom about it. And I guess she told you about it. And you cornered her in the bathroom and was like, if you keep fucking with my sister, I will fuck with you. (laughs) yes because i remember she came to me in class and she was like well you sick your sister on me and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) oh god no what did she do no it was wonderful she never like messed with me again she was actually pretty eighth grade i had a good group of friends yeah because i would have been in eighth grade yeah you would have been yeah i was in theater and had a great group of friends so i'm sure i wasn't alone but that was also there's this really good book that it's called your body's not an apology or the body is not an apology by sonia renee taylor and she has a question in her workbook that goes along with the the novel about uh, like what uh, or about how like the media affects your body image and how we're constantly bombarded with like loose tummy fat fast or you know lower your waist size I, I don't or, feel like that's that way anymore but back I still see it if you, you yeah if you look in or, or if you're like in the checkout line at the grocery store and you glance at the I magazines have all of my <laughs> groceries delivered to yeah my exactly <laughs> yeah so it, I mean it's much easier to I feel like like it's more body like I remember 
totally all of those magazines Mm -hmm. at the checkout where it was they still have them where it's like oh easy tips for a summer body and like shit like that you know and it's not it's not specific to women either men get it too because it's like oh build muscle or be more muscular you know have 12 pack abs and (laughs) giant pecs and you know like (laughs) it's just like well i don't know why i'm laughing men men have just as many issues with with their and we're not and we're not laughing because that's what men want we're laughing at the ridiculousness of the the magazine is saying that's what men want exactly because that we want tiny waists and yeah, I mean, it's all capitalism. Well, I'm surprised to hear that you're still seeing that because I thought it had gotten better. Uh, it the has, whole weight loss, fast weight it, loss. It has to an and, extent because I feel like there's less tolerance for it. Yeah, that a lot more people are owning their their bodies. A lot more people are coming to terms with the fact that like nobody is the same. Like we're all different. We're all different shapes and sizes, different heights, different genders, different ethnicities. 150 pounds on one person is not 150 pounds on, on another person it, yeah you carry it differently it all has to do with your height mm-hmm. and all of that like it's exactly. all different and BMI, i don't even look at my i do not weigh myself i do only because i'm kind of on a weight loss journey like i have lost over 115 pounds right and but that's been over a decade that's been over like 15 years and it hasn't always been consistent it's just been you know i've grown up i've changed my lifestyle a lot mm-hmm. you know i do a lot things a lot of things differently i eat out less i when i do eat out i eat my, more, more mindful about what I, you're yeah choosing. i'm yeah. more mindful i'm more conscientious you know i just a lot of things and also because of like being a conscientious shopper not just because of health but because of ethics you mm-hmm. know like I've cut out a lot of red meat. I really only eat fish and only like um, ethically sourced fish or uh, sustainably sourced fish because our oceans are dying. Mm-hmm. You know, just that has changed a lot. And we're, we're more active. Mm-hmm. Like we go on three mile walks every night. It's just quality of life has it's it's a happy byproduct. Right. You know, me right. losing all this weight is just a happy byproduct of making my life better mm-hmm. in all facets, like not just eating, not just exercise, but just in all facets. Right. Being happier in general has just had happy byproducts. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, when was the first time that you really recognized that, you know, you might have some negative body image? Well, I, I will never forget the time that I realized I was bigger than everybody else because some boy came up to me and pointed at me and said, you're fat. And I guess at that point, I realized that other people were taking notice of my body, which was strange. Like, this is my body. What do you mean? You can you can see me right now? <laughs> I think it was very much a realization that I'm being viewed. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. So he called or that you're being like inspected, judged, inspected. And, yeah. 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 Where it was no longer what I thought, it was also what other people thought. And maybe mm-hmm. that's that was my introduction to me worrying about what other people thought about me. Like if he thinks I'm fat, what does Laura or Sally think I look mm-hmm. like? You know what I mean? So that was my first kind of intro to okay, now other people are taking notice that I'm bigger. It's not just my family or myself. And and like you were going to say earlier, like I look back at pictures and I wasn't really that big. I mean, I yeah, I was see round, yeah. but not like... I see pictures of myself now, especially in high school. And I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? I was totally fine. I was a completely average sized person. Like, sure, I was tall, but like I, I wasn't what I would deem fat now. Right. You know, yeah. which now, I mean, that's a really 
complicated statement because like I am very much actively trying not to view fat as anything. Right. But like it's it I just look at pictures of myself back then and I'm like I What was I thinking? Yeah, like body why? dysmorphia yeah. is what it was. Yeah. So that happened and then I believe in 6th grade we were doing some sort of science experiment in science class and it was uh, science experiment in science class. We were doing an experiment in science class where we were weighing ourselves in front of the whole class and then breaking down our weight into all the different parts of our body that made up that weight. And I already knew I was bigger. I've always been petite, but I don't know. I was I was an emotional eater. And not to get too into it, but our parents didn't have like the most they didn't have the healthiest marriage. And so there was a lot of fighting at home that mm-hmm. we were we witnessed and were involved in. And so I definitely used food as comfort. Right. And I believe during this period, sixth grade, you know, onwards to maybe even my freshman year of high school, our parents were just constantly at it, um, each other's throats. And so I definitely turned to food. When we didn't have money, that's when things were really bad. And when we did have money, things were good. And I just think this was an awkward period. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely heavier. So everybody started snickering as soon as I got on the scale. And it was traumatic. It was traumatic. There's no other way to say it. it was terrible. I don't even remember the rest of the experiment because I think I was just trembling and just terribly ashamed that I was bigger than everyone else. And at this point, I did start to idolize other girls. You know, I know I, know I mentioned about my older cousin, how I wanted to be like her. And mm-hmm. I did. I saw this is when I started comparing myself to other women or girls mm-hmm. my own age is, you know, realizing how thin they were and how I was, you know, had just different pieces of meat on me that didn't exist on other people my age and so yeah the comparisons and the wanting to be like so and so started and I even have it in journals from this age where I was you know wanting to look like Lauren I think her name was Mm -hmm. and all these other things people and so the body comparisons started very young but the food the disordered eating didn't start until eighth grade summer into freshman year is when I really um, started losing weight I was being healthy I know mom and dad got us bikes and I think we were bike riding all the time mm-hmm. we also had one of those cool machines. I actually remember because your summer going into high school was my summer going into seventh grade and that is the summer I broke my wrist mm-hmm. on the bicycle we bike riding yeah. every day yeah so I started losing weight because of that mm-hmm people started noticing and saying something. So it was positive reinforcement. It was like, oh, well. What I'm doing is working, working. so I better keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. And I think at this point, I'd already started limiting my food intake, not starving myself. I hadn't developed anorexia yet, but I definitely started skipping a meal and snacks mm-hmm. weren't happening. I know I was drinking a lot of water and eating ice, which so yeah, maybe I was, yeah. you know, kind of in it, but I didn't know. Right. I was completely oblivious to it. Well, because there's no education about it. Like they don't teach you that stuff until it's actually probably too, too late. late because I don't remember actually learning about eating disorders until I was like, we had a health class in high school, yeah. freshman year where I learned what I had. And as horrible as this is to admit, it was pro, it like gave me pointers. It gave me ideas. I actually learned to be bulimic. Mm -hmm. because of this class like I didn't know you could force yourself to throw up until they talked about the different eating disorders and this is where I was anyway yeah so that's where that started so I was both anorexic and bulimic 
So yeah, I mean, it's tough to even get too deep into that because I feel like that mixed with just being a teenager and just dealing with emotions and pre-puberty mm-hmm. and it was just so heightened and so dramatic. Like there's just so many dramatic things that happened during yeah. that time because of it. And um, I mean, everything's like so intense when you're a teenager. Yeah. And it makes sense because like a lot of that stuff you're experiencing for like the very first time mm-hmm. in your life. And so it feels like the end of the world because yeah. you don't have any perspective. Sometimes I miss that angstiness because I don't (laughs) like I don't know what it means to pine over anything anymore you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I don't have anything that I pine over yeah I don't dream of because I remember I was very poetic and romantic I know I would write screenplays and I wrote little novels and I even had a is it Jenga no Zanga Oh, Zanga. Zanga, yeah. where I post my poetry oh, and my I little Zanga things. Too. Yeah. I post my angsty yeah, preteen poetry. You know? <laughs> and I was a good writer for that age. Yeah. Or you thought you were. I thought I was. Well, I've gone back <laughs> and read it and it's good. It's dark. Yeah. Like, yeah I had a lot of dark. Yeah. Like, I was, I would definitely classify myself as in the emo category yes. when I was I was in definitely emo as well. In high school. Yeah. Um, had the bangs to go with it. I was an emo Jane Austen fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I loved reading and. And Jane Austen Bronte Weathering Heights was like my favorite book for some reason that is not a good book that's not a good book (laughs) no um but I remember that I would so our mom bought these like sweaty belts and Mm -hmm. sweaty shirts and pants that you would put in and exercise in and it would help you sweat more so that you would lose water weight ideally I guess lose water weight yeah yeah so I would put all these things on and go in our garage with it closed and sit in the back of my truck. My truck was not on or whatever this truck was. It might not have been my truck yet because I was a freshman. But I would sit in the bed of this truck and read just for hours sweating. <laughs> Basically wearing a trash bag taped yes. to your body. Yes. To with a like, sweaty belt. Like yeah. a girdle. What women wear after giving birth or having a C-section. Yeah. Just strapped to my body sweating profusely. Yeah. So I dangerous. How I didn't die or yeah. have an electrolyte our imbalance. Mom, our mom bought into a lot of those like get things fast like schemes. Schemes. Oh, yes, definitely schemes. Multi-level marketing. Oh, yeah. She was, God, she's like the ideal. Bless her heart. (laughs) She's the ideal victim for a pyramid scheme. And I hate it. And she's getting better. She's gotten better. She's gotten much better. Yeah. Um, I mean, she would like give in to all of these things. Like I remember there was one particular... product that she bought that was like a belt that you strapped to yourself and you like put this gel on your stomach and it Basically literally shocked you same gel that you use for getting ultrasound yeah <laughs> and it and it it, it it electrocuted you it like sent low level electric shocks to your abdomen and w- essentially was supposed to build your muscle for you so that you didn't have to like do anything you could sit on the couch with your popcorn <laughs> i know soda. and she would do that i remember she also got like she ordered she, she would watch bar and like step things and workout videos and she would watch the workout videos with a coke and popcorn <laughs> just so she would know i guess how to do it i don't, I don't know. know i don't know what yeah. the concept was. i don't know either so this like ab zapper i mean so i know that electric shock to your muscles is supposed to stimulate them and like cause more muscle growth but it only works if it has direct like a direct line to your right. muscles it does not work through layers of literal fat um so like if you already have you know a couple of inches on your waist between your top layer of your epidermis and your abdomen muscle wall like the electric shock's not going to do no. shit for you no and but I mean, I remember her like all we would just line up and take our turns using this little belt 
and it came with like a diet book. And the diet book was, of course, like, oh, you have to eat nine small meals a day at these specific times and these specific things. And I remember having to take a note and give it to my teacher in my first period class because that's when our first snack of the day was after our egg white omelet breakfast to an 11 year old. Disgusting. Um, I still happen to think that egg whites are kind of gross. I love egg whites. I love I, eggs. You know, to be fair, I haven't had egg whites recently. I do love eggs, but I still don't think I, I just like eat egg boiled whites. eggs. Yeah. Boiled eggs are my favorite thing in the world. I, lo- I love eggs. Yeah. So I had to give her a note because she didn't allow food or drinks in class. The first <laughs> snack of the day was a whole tomato. Oh my God. Just one whole tomato in a Ziploc baggie, not cut up into pieces, just, just whole. one whole tomato. It still With had the, the green still leaf. on it? Yes. Oh. It still had the green leaves on it. It still had the sticker on it and had everything on it. I was the laughing stock of the class because I sat there like the good daughter I was doing what my mom told me to and ate that entire goddamn tomato. Did it spray juice on people? It did, yes. Not on people. It got on my desk and then of course like <laughs> the like three horrible girls in that class were snickering at me and like asking why I was eating a whole tomato and I remember telling them it's because I have diabetes and if I don't eat every hour I will die oh my god and they bought it kind of maybe not I don't know um they probably went home they're like what's diabetes I didn't want to of course tell my peers that I was on a diet at 11 years old because how humiliating so saying you had diabetes was better better. (laughs) yeah Yeah. in my child brain that was the better option but I mean and I don't even think our mom realized what she was doing Mm -hmm. I don't think she realized what kind of position she was putting us like in our school around our peers and how she was basically making us like a laughing stock and just so sad to think that at 11 years old you were put on a diet yeah I remember maybe I was too I don't even remember I remember giving us diet pills and I remember that I'm sorry but like to give children diet pills that's abuse and I know that that's a really hard thing to swallow because it didn't feel like abuse when it was happening and she thought she was helping us but like no child who is still developing should be put on something as horrible for you as a diet pill. Yeah. And at that age, you still need, you just, you gosh, need everything. Yeah. You're growing. Like the, your body is still growing. It hasn't redistributed its fat. It will. You just have to get there. And I, I feel like a lot of it has to do with just the societal stigma around body image and how we all have this preconceived notion of perfect. What I think for mom too, that was breaking her perfection because she didn't have in the eyes of whomever ever perfect children yeah and we didn't she, look like our cousins <laughs> and she thought she had done that to us that it was her fault because she also came from a long line of abuse and her own eating disorders yeah and yeah and she never got the help that she needed for those and so there's a lot of projecting yeah. her issues on without us. even realizing no that she was it's not it. yeah definitely she not had the best intentions i feel like she was trying to help us in her own way but like it hurt us in the long run yeah for sure but I mean, just like having those. But I think she knows that too. I that being so said, too. she's not oblivious to the fact that she fucked us up. <laughs> right. I mean, we don't exactly talk about it. It wouldn't really serve a purpose at this point to be like, hey, remember when you made me go to school with an entire tomato as a snack? <laughs> or a suitcase? She probably doesn't remember. She probably has no recollection of buying me and, a suitcase I, for a backpack. You know, because like when she got it, I was like, oh yeah, this is so cool. Because the worst part was that I was so fucking excited. Aww. Like the little buckle that was inside of it to like clip your clothes in place so they don't like jostle around i did i thought it was the coolest thing ever i was like oh like my books down Aww. yeah it was rough. kids are fucking horrible they're pretty rough yeah i don't know i don't know and it's taught like kids are 
react that way because they're taught to think that something that does not fall into the norm is weird or wrong. And so they lash out, you know, because that's how they're raised too. Yeah. It's just really sad and depressing. It didn't help either that I was also struggling with my sexuality. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was comparing myself to other girls and boys too, I think. I was comparing myself to boys a lot because I think a lot of it was like, why can't I just look like them? Like, why do I have to have boobs? Why do I have to like, you know... Look how easy they have it. Yeah. Why do I have to wear these tight clothes and bras and like, they have it so easy. They can just wear t-shirts and jeans and tennis shoes and no one bats an eye, but like, I have to wear all this stupid girly stuff um yeah clothes for kids have gotten so much better i, I it. agree yeah I it. it's it has gotten way better and you know having romantic feelings for friends friends and not, not realizing, realizing it. that it's romantic feelings and while also comparing myself to them but also being attracted to them and like it was very very hard to navigate for, yeah. for little pam <laughs> it was rough goings there until I was a sophomore in high school and was like my friend oh no it was in eighth grade actually I first started thinking about it one of my friends came up to us or me and my crush at the time me and her and her boyfriend <laughs> who I hated and I had no idea why I was like this motherfucker yeah and like I, I would wait very existence I know it was so awkward because I would like do the whole chivalrous thing and like wait for her after class with her boyfriend and the whole time I'm just like oh I hate you like just get so away so you're recording her without really without knowing. realizing it yeah. yeah and like having these fantasies about just like kissing her in the hallway and being like whoa that's weird <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, one of my friends came up to us in the lunch line and she was like, hey, guys, I just wanted to, you know, come over here and let you guys know that I'm bisexual. And I was like, what's that? Yeah. (laughs) And of course, she explained it, you know, being attracted to both men and women. And I was like, that's a thing. Am I that thing? Is that why this is happening? Is that what's going on? And then so for like the next year and a half, I really struggled with like, you know, coming to terms with that. I even had a boyfriend kind of. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that guy. I nearly didn't say his name. And I was like, well, there's a million Michaels. Yeah, there's a million Michaels. Just like there's a million Rubens, you know, (laughs) it's fine. Jake, you sound much horrible kid. Yeah. This is the last name, social security number and address. No. Um, but I even had a boyfriend and you know, what's so weird is like he and I went to prom together my junior year and I had a girlfriend at the time. That was the weirdest thing ever. And it's because he was your beard. He was my beard. But did he know? I ended up telling him because I was like, I don't think I can be in a relationship with you anymore because I have feelings for this girl. And he's like, oh, okay, you're bi. I'm like, I think I'm more like 95.5. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've taken tests and I'm a full-blown six on the Kinsey scale. So <laughs> like there's no doubt about it. I'm 100% homosexual, but my wife is proof. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. But like she told me, you know, that she was bisexual. And then I started really thinking about it. And then come sophomore year, I'm in theater and everybody's gay and theater. And um... <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I know, right? A lot of your friends probably weren't either. But uh, I mean, the guys were, but they didn't know it yet. Yeah. Oh, you my know gosh. what I mean? All and then when the they guys... came out, I was like. Uh yeah i know they're like i know this is gonna come as a shock to you i'm like what do you really not think that we all know you're gay right 
I'm I, sorry. I had many. Every gay friend that I, gay guy friend that I've had come out to me acted like it was going to be a shock to me. And I had to pretend like it was a shock to me because I didn't want to hurt them. Yeah. Because it was already a big deal that they were coming out. I mean, that's fair. And yeah. It is important. I mean, I I don't think you need to lie to them. No, you I can, didn't lie. I just, right. Yeah. I mean, I had... T- I just didn't know if I should let on that I knew the whole time. Yeah. You know? I had tons of friends in high school where something would happen and I would be like, well you're gay right and they would get so mad Mm -hmm. and like i get it that's when the time period we grew up in yeah the 90s early early aughts aughts. (laughs) you hate that i do the early aughts so i mean that definitely contributed to my body image because i was struggling with because all you all the only representation there was for me was like rosie o'donnell i know or like ellen degeneres which, which is fine good, yeah she's fine rosie o'donnell's also not a horrible role model i mean she's done some questionable things but we all have and like but i mean those were like my only that was my only representation in media then i'm trying to like parse out like all of these things saying oh what here's what men want and <laughs> being like okay well i don't give a fuck what men want like what do the women want and then it's like oh muscle and tight abs and I'm like I don't have any of that stuff <laughs> and, and I have boobs <laughs> yeah and I have boobs so that's an, I mean I could probably still get pecs under my boobs but that would look weird probably I because I have such, such small breasts like mm-hmm. I have to be careful with how much I work out yeah because you'll because I'll start the, getting like mm-hmm. real muscular right yeah you can't see me listeners but i'm like grabbing she's like rubbing (laughs) she's rubbing her chest sorry (laughs) i mean but yeah and that really like compounded it Mm -hmm. and really contributed it to it and then being friends with people who are gorgeous and on top of being gorgeous wonderful human beings Mm -hmm. and then they're like i have crushes on them and they're telling me i'm wonderful but then they're dating someone else or mixed signals but not really mixed signals yeah it's mixed signals for your brain it is you're having to navigate a world where it's not where i have no guidance no no rule book no like it i mean like i said no representation i have nobody to talk to really and to explain it to me i didn't have like an older lesbian in my life like telling me oh honey it's okay we all fall in love with our best friends like it'll happen you know and and you'll get over it i mean i can kind of relate to some of what you're saying too not i mean i'm i'm straight but i definitely because of the media and this very strong presence of very thin models and mm-hmm. being a certain height and uh, perfect skin and just the different clothes that they wore. I mean, I've always been petite. You know, I was never tall or very thin, but I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. At least the thin part. If I couldn't be tall, I was going to be thin. And that's what I thought men wanted too. And I was just very conflicted with what type of man I wanted. And I know that I dated someone in high school, the end of high school, who was a complete asshole. Like, he was just a jerk to everyone but for some reason I was really in love with him and just really struggled during that time with trying to be really thin like the other girls he had dated so I was comparing myself to other women I was looking at who their dating history was mm-hmm. and trying to emulate what they were and then also at this time I really wanted to be in the acting world I wanted to be on Broadway I wanted to win an Oscar you know I wanted to just be this amazing starlet and actress and you know in my mind they all had to be thin and beautiful and this and that and so I was very confused because I obviously wasn't that so there was a big conflict within me 
Like, well, I have to be this certain way if I'm going to make it there. And then that kind of, once I broke up with this guy or he dumped me, it was a terrible, terrible breakup. I took it very badly. Started just dating or going on lots of dates or just hooking up with random guys. Even friends that I had that I should have never made out with, I did. Oh, we've all been there. You know, but it was yeah. just terrible mistake. I'm pretty sure I've made out with like every single one of my friends. <laughs> I mean, I'm not friends with them anymore. You know, we were so... I, yeah, it's been a really long time. Yeah, but I, I only mean, have like two friends still from high school. Uh, in high school, I made out with every single one of my friends. Boy, girls, other. Yeah. Yeah. High school, I wasn't too much like that. But once I got into New York City and mm-hmm. acting school and then to Los Angeles, I, I craved somebody else telling me I was beautiful, telling yeah. me that I was thin, telling me I was this, that because I was Because you that. don't believe yourself. No, and I didn't give myself any self-love. I never complimented myself. I always thought I was less than, you know, I didn't deserve any of what I was getting. It's all going to go to hell very soon. It's going to go to hell. And if it didn't, I would make it. So yeah. And even <laughs> if you, and even if you lost weight or you did gain muscle or you looked more thin or more lean. If or, nobody said anything about anything, I thought it was because I was, fat was used all the time. Am I fat? Do I look fat? Yeah. Have I gained weight? Because I couldn't see it. Yeah. And then I was terrified that if I did look at myself and I thought I looked thin, that I was actually seeing the opposite right. of what I actually was. So it's just huge mind fuck. I'm actually in therapy right now dealing with some body dysmorphia of my yeah. own. And it's kind of the, it's reverse because it's more like I was a certain size for so long. Like at my heaviest, I think I was 320 pounds. And I still see that person mm-hmm. when I look in the mirror and it's harder for me to like myself because I've spent so much of my life looking at myself in the mirror and finding things that I wanted to change that I wanted to be different that I didn't like that now I'm starting to see things that I do like about myself you know like my jawline's a lot more prevalent my clavicles are more prevalent like I can see my ribs now mm-hmm. like which I mean in a lot of cases aren't a good thing but like you know like just, just a, a noticeable thing that you've never that I've never experienced seen. before yeah, yeah that I've, I have like I don't think I've seen my jawbone in like a decade you know and I mean no one should see their jawbone <laughs> if you can just, see uh, your jawbone please go to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> if you can see your actual jawbone yeah but I get you yeah you are exactly. chiseled, you're chiseled. <laughs> thanks I'm working on it I mean I weigh like 198 pounds now which I realize is 122 pounds I know you were saying 115 earlier I was like, yeah no. I, I go back and forth I don't know and that's like an entire person it is it's my that's me it's it it blows my mind sometimes and then you know to look at old pictures like I don't even look like that person Mm -mm. anymore I don't feel like that person anymore I Mm -mm. cut all my hair off I lost an entire person it's in it's jarring and so it's been really really difficult I think to acclimate because I'm so proud of you for taking the initiative and realizing that you need help to kind of figure out how to re to see you for who you really are honestly I just got tired of hating myself yeah and I mean that's like the biggest thing like I just got so tired of hating myself that's exactly for me when I stopped drinking I had to stop hating myself it was making me hate myself yeah I just didn't even know who I was anymore yeah and lost my identity and reading 
again, I'm going to reference The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor, because it's honestly a wonderful book. She really goes into a lot of detail about like capitalism and, you know, corporations contributing to horrible body image and just like the perpetual, you need this product because it will make you perfect. And, you know, them making money off of people's misery, basically. Right. Um, She talks about how she came to the same realization where she realized that she was going to spend every day of her life hating herself and then she was going to die. And then what? What would she have? What would she have accomplished? Like what, you know, would she have done with her life? And it's not even that you have to do something monumental. You don't have to change the world. But you're here for like a very limited amount of time. And like you shouldn't spend that time hating yourself or struggling to achieve a level of perfect that just does not exist. Right. You know, I think like that's the hardest part is the perfectionism. Yeah. And getting and re and understanding that there is no perfect. No, we're all different. Yeah. We're not cookie cutters. There's not some secret formula that's going to give you the perfect whatever. And again, I will say BMI is total bullshit. You know, like you can't take my height and my current weight and my age and tell me what weight I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Like that is not, that just doesn't, that's not. Yeah. Especially, so I'm five foot two. And when I look at those charts, it's like anywhere from 105 to 140 pounds is the ideal weight. And when I was at my sickest, I think I was like, I don't like saying weights, but I got very thin. And um, as I've gotten older, and I guess having two children, like my body's just changed completely. When I do lose like 10 pounds, I look emaciated and I'm Mm -hmm. nowhere near what I was when I was at my sickest. It's just like a, it's just as you, your body is just developing forever, I feel like. Yeah. And 10 pounds, Sounds like I just got sick with like the flu or something or just some cold and ended up losing 10 pounds. I was mostly water weight probably. Mm-hmm. And I was just like gross looking. It just made me realize like how I... Yeah, that was like 40 pounds difference from what I was at my sickest. And I feel like it looked like the exact same person. You know what I mean? Right. You know, when I. And even then, you felt like you weren't skinny. No, no. So, and I remember being like, I am too thin right now. Like, this is gross. I'm gaunt. Yeah. Like, Like my ideal body weight or body weight, I'm 5'11 on a good day when I'm standing up straight. And I'm supposed to be anywhere from like 150, I think, to like 170. And I'm like 197 now. Like, can you imagine me at 150 pounds? No. Like losing 37 more pounds. That's crazy to me. I, I don't know what, where it where would come, it would come from. from. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I can't even imagine that. Same. And like, like I'm more muscular, I think, than most people my size. And maybe the muscle adds to the weight because just guess what? I know, right? I'm just Our big bones boned. are heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I just have larger bones. <laughs> Our- Our family has large bones and they're dense. Oh my God, yeah. But like I, and so, I mean, guys, muscle is heavier than fat. Mm Mm-hmm. So like that we can say, yeah, we're not doctors, no, but like muscle is heavier than fat. So like if you, it's like weight is just a fucking number. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's sure there are certain like sizes that don't even get me started on the difference. Like you can get one size at one place and go to a different store and it's a completely different size. I hate all that shit. It needs to be universal. I know. But do you know how wonderful it is to like, so all of my clothes I used to wear like XXL and 
I'm in a large now. Sometimes I can wear medium and it blows my fucking mind. But it just depends on the cut. And it the does. Style and it shirt. depends on the brand and it depends on the season and it depends on like oh, so many things. And I'm pissed right now because Target is like my place. Mm-hmm. And all of their clothes are like bags right now. They're just so huge. They have nothing smaller than an extra small. And I am not saying that like, like this extra small is what a medium should be. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I cannot get any smaller. Therefore, I cannot wear it. Yeah. And see, that brings us back full circle to the 1990s when it was like, oh, this is a style. Everybody loves this. Like, no, No. I just want some real fucking clothes. Just have, and I'm sure there's a store out there or an online website someone can recommend where, I don't know. I don't know. I just, right now the style is bags and I don't need any help looking. (laughs) I shop a lot like uh, in gender neutral stores i guess like for underwear and bras and things like that Tom but Boy. what is a gender neutral store it's just stuff that is not for men and it's not no but for like women. is there an actual name of the store oh like uh well i mean it's not the store you mean it's like, like the online it's online oh, okay. like a store online or a website or whatever like, like Tom, whatever tomboy x is a particular brand and they make you know underwear bras swimsuits and stuff for all genders like it's all gender inclusive um they even make stuff for like um MTF transgender people male to female mm-hmm. is MTF that makes it easier for them to like tuck or you know stuff like that that's cool yeah it's like very very inclusive um I don't wear underwear so well <laughs> <laughs> well I learn something new every day you already knew that. I know yeah I, I see I don't need I guess and then I, I don't just need that clothes. I just mean more variety of styles oh yes where it's not like whatever the style is right now is yeah. what's being sold and Target I just easy it's convenient i can get everybody Mm -hmm. something there i shop at target and old navy yeah i like old navy Mm -hmm. but they've gotten really expensive lately have they i feel like they have 50 bucks for a dress oh that's stupid well i did want to buy a pair of overalls there that were like 70 dollars well i didn't buy them though because i still can't justify that i could afford it traumatized when it comes to overalls (laughs) no not really cute i want a pair of overalls i just don't think i have a short torso so all of those overalls just look weird i either look frumpy mm-hmm. they're just not like fit i have a pretty long torso i guess yeah but i don't have any butt so like wearing overalls i feel like accentuates the fact yeah. that i have a flat ass <laughs> well when i got my tummy tuck she told me you have a really long torso i mean it's so long i'm like what are you talking about you're obviously <laughs> a professional i know you know what a torso looks like how are you saying that i have a long torso mm-hmm. but yes i got a tummy tuck but that. I wanted to talk about that because, for one, nobody knows I got a tummy tuck. Well, it's for you. Other than family. It's not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. for you. So for me, it started with the fact that so when you have a baby or when you're growing a baby, your abs separate to allow all of that growth. And most women, after giving birth and all of that, their abs go back together. Mine did not go back together. And I did a lot of research prior and they're like, you know, the more ab workouts you do, the more this, that you do should help. So I did X, Y, and Z for two and a half years. I did all kinds of working out, eating healthy, trying to get my abs to go back together. And the more exercises I did, the further they're growing apart. So I did some research, figured I could get my insurance to cover this, go get this fixed, not thinking of a tummy tuck at all, mm-hmm. and found out that the only procedure really is cosmetic. And and you can get this. This is a, per, a hernia preventative, basically. Mm-hmm. And if you've already got a hernia, that's when I think your insurance will cover it. Or in my specific case, this is where my insurance would have covered it if it was correcting a hernia that was already there. Mm-hmm. Because I had none and I'm doing this in case I get one or to prevent me from getting one, um, they wouldn't cover the cost. So anyway, 
Yeah, it is bullshit. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So for this, after I had both of my children, I've always been joking with my husband that I was going to get a tummy tuck. I was Mm -hmm. like, once we're done having kids, it's happening. I'm doing it. Because ever since I was younger and losing a bunch of weight, I've always had just a lot of loose skin there that I've been extremely self-conscious about. Mm -hmm. Even at my thinnest, I never wore a bikini. I never showed off my stomach. I've always just been very modest when it comes to my body. Anyway, I've always just been self-conscious and it was just always a point of frustration for me. Like it didn't matter how many workouts I did, how healthy I ate. So anyway, the last two years I've been really working really hard. Actually for our brother's wedding is when I really started getting in shape. That was almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. I told myself, you know, by my daughter's fourth birthday, my youngest, you know, I'm going to see where I am and look into at least correcting my abs. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, went and met with a consultation person and she said, you know, we can definitely take away that skin too. It's kind of part of it. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So I got it. It was great. I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally not, pro cosmetic. Yeah. Surgery. Yeah. I think as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And it's, and if it's, if it's healthy and it's done by a professional, right. and you're not like getting it done, you know, in some, because your boyfriend alley. or husband's like, you need to get your, your, your nose job or yeah, like you need yeah. bigger tits or like, this you know. was purely a self care, self love treat to myself. Yeah. It, I equated a lot to like gender reaffirming surgeries. Like sure. top surgery, bottom surgery, whatever. Um, because you are changing your body to make you feel more comfortable in yeah. your body. And I feel like that that's completely valid. Like you're 100% allowed to do that. It's your yeah. fucking body, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I think too, because I tried so hard to work those muscles on my own and lose whatever I could there. It wasn't like I was just like, eh, I'm just going to get a cut off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to get a cut off. Like I did the, I put in the work. I, yeah. you know, I, you know, it wasn't a weight loss surgery. Right. It was a reconstructive yeah. surgery basically, basically. with yeah. like the added bonus of like a little, you know, well now my abs are together and I can mm-hmm. work out without weird things happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just feel good. And it, you know, I don't know. It's just, I feel like if you can and you're not hurting anyone, <laughs> do it. Yeah. If it's going to make you feel happier about yourself and if you're doing it for yourself, Mm -hmm. like I can't stress that enough. Do not ever get cosmetic surgery to please someone else. Right. Like always do it for yourself. If you want a nose job, if you feel like your nose is too big, if you want to plump up your lips, if you want to get Botox, if you need bigger tits, if you don't want your tits, like it's fine. Yeah. As long as it's for you. That's why. Yeah. So, you know, that's helped a lot with me seeing me when I look in the mirror because before oh god you know and all the women like oh it's it's a reminder that I'm a mom and what I grew that's great I'm glad you feel that way it's a reminder that my intestines are poking through my stomach right now (laughs) yeah I'm glad that that's how you view it as your badge of honor being a mom like I have my two beautiful children that remind me every day you know I don't need this floppy skin right here and I think that that's also stigma because I think if someone went up to them and told gave them the permission not that they need it to have that particular operation done with no judgment that they would probably do it you know and that's the sad part like them having to you know well I don't think it's first off it's not affordable it's not like it's an easy thing to just go out and do Botox is a little bit more affordable you know if you want to get injections it's not ten thousand dollars or whatever it is mine was not that much but there are places that it would cost that much Mm -hmm. you know so it's not like it's an readily accessible operation like it takes time and planning and right. it is an operation like I was yeah you were out under for a anesthesia week. or well no I wasn't yeah. out but I was under anesthesia 
anesthesia. Um, I couldn't lift anything for like five weeks. Like it's a lot. And if you're not, so I don't know if you have a high pain tolerance, but I have an extremely high pain tolerance. Like both my kids, I had cesareans, was not on any pain medication afterwards. I just went for it. And it wasn't really that terrible. Like I've heard from friends where it was just God awful for them. And I would keep my mouth shut because I didn't want to feel like, or didn't want them to think I was bragging about how mine was not bad at all. And so going into this, I kind of was like, I bet it's going to be a lot like that. And other than sneezing and feeling like my body just exploded because <laughs> it hurt so fucking much. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad, but everybody's different. Everybody has, you know, different pain tolerances. And I think I, I have didn't. a high pain tolerance. I'm just not a good healer. Mm-hmm. So like when I got my tonsils taken out, I don't remember the pain being like, excruciating it Mm -hmm. was definitely uncomfortable but like I remember having a lot of complications or just like it not healing very fast and like me having to be on pain medicine for longer than anticipated because when they take your tonsils out they're like just it's like just a super simple procedure I guess to them and they're like you'll be be set in you know a couple days you'll be back to normal now I remember either that or when you got your wisdom teeth out where you were like eating and you just stopped and you're just holding either your jaw because your teeth wisdom teeth were much more recent so it was probably my wisdom teeth because again i don't heal well i got my wisdom teeth taken out and i think it took me like a week to recover before i was like eating normally and all of that i'm just not a good healer (laughs) (laughs) that's fine yeah i mean um but i mean i'm not we're not saying that you have to get plastic plastic surgery surgery or anything there's definitely a million other things and, and you don't have to do like body altering surgery to feel comfortable in your body you know like V was saying like you can do a lot of things you can exercise you can you know go through the motions of trying cocoa butter yeah you know whatever there's a ton of stuff I did a lot of stuff before I made this decision or you can just deal with it if you like it if you like it with it like I didn't like it so like for me I have a lot of stretch marks I have a lot of loose skin you know because like I said I've lost a lot of weight over the last decade really and Skin is so weird, right? Skin is so weird. Like a lot of it has bounced back, but there's still obviously, you know, some parts that aren't going to. After both kids, it was always so weird to seeing my skin because it went down a lot. But Mm -hmm. like at first when it was just there, it was like putty almost. You could just, yeah, you know, pick it up and it's. I mean, skin after is amazing skin yeah. is amazing. Your body is amazing. Weird. Like yeah. your body is an incredible machine. It is. And it is constantly, constantly extend yourself grace, my dears. Yeah. I mean, your body is working for you. It's always trying to keep you alive. It is on your side. And that's true. Your body is working for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. It is truly the one thing you have control of. Yeah. So be nice to it. It definitely be nice to it and don't hate on it. And like I was saying, so my therapist told me she like every therapist will tell you when you have like body image issues to do the mirror trick or not trick but do the mirror exercise where you you know find something about yourself that you like in the Mm -hmm. mirror and you say I like this and I like this and I have been trying to extend that appreciation to more than just superficial things like oh my hair looks really good today or like I it's pretty superficial no I'm kidding kidding, 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 or like I love the you know, color of my eyes, or, yeah. you know, whatever, like, look at that cute freckle over there. Yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah. right? My dimples are awesome, yes. I guess. But we both have like a lot of dimples on we our We have great dimples. Yeah. Yeah. We have great smiles. Um, Just kind of rub that in there for a minute. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say is like, I've tried that same approach with like my stretch marks and mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, my stretch marks are beautiful because it is a representation of the fact that my body literally grows with me and like is resilient 
resilient and, you know, bounces back and heals. And, you know, my scars are just a sign that like I've been hurt and I've overcome it and I've healed and, you know, just having some lenience for your body and like remembering that it is not your enemy. Your body is your friend. It Mm -hmm. wants you to be happy. It wants you to be healthy. It wants you to live, you know, because without you, your body is no longer. Yeah. It needs you. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. Without your body, you are body is a temple. I mean, a mom used to say, and it's true. Our body is a temple. Yeah. She was always good at not practicing what she approached, preached. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah. Just have some lenience for yourself. Because again, there is no such thing as perfect. And no. you're beautiful. Yeah. And if you or someone you know might be dealing with an eating disorder, or any sort of disordered eating habits or anything like that, there are tons of resources out there. I chose one to talk about today and it's NEDA, the National Eating Disorders Association. And that's and, N-E-D-A. Yeah, and N-E-D-A. Um, they have a helpline that you can call 1-800-931-2237. And they even have an online chat. So you can even chat on there. For all of us who have phone anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the chat stuff. I even do that when I'm, I did that with Home Depot. Yeah. I say that. Like that's literally, literally my job is to answer the phone. Which is why you hate it outside of answering it. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. Like I don't like dealing with finances, but I deal with my company's finances all the time. No, actually, surprisingly, I'm like one of the only people that like still calls people, I think. (laughs) Or my husband calls people all the time. Yeah. But there are a ton of resources out there. And of course you can email us. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. If you have questions about our experiences, if you want to hear more about something that we mentioned i'll also go ahead and repeat it for the third time (laughs) the body is not an apology by sonia renee taylor and excuse me i'm sorry there was a second part to that title the body is not an apology the power of radical self-love by sonia renee taylor and she goes into depth about what radical self-love is she explains to you why we're all so fucked up and she really does a great job of just pulling the veil off of everything and being like it's not you it's the world yeah and like we just need the world to be a little different and to include everybody black white you know straight gay transgendered non-binary like whatever like the world just needs to adapt and accept that we are all unique and that it's like we're resisting evolving you know yeah for sure and like trying to keep everybody in a little box and compartmentalize it all but you can't nope so but email us at pam and v at we are all fine.com that's pam and vee at we are all fine.com and uh yeah thanks for listening um Mm -hmm. and remember we are all fine but not really